Welcome back to Voice Notes. Thank you for being here. I'm going to start by bringing you up to speed on what I've been up to this past week. Over the weekend, I went to the Big Retreat Festival, which is a well-being festival that takes place in the southwest of Wales in Pembrokeshire, which is extraordinarily beautiful. Gorgeous countryside, sea, rivers, animals, biodiversity. It's all there. Great people. The Welsh are so nice. They're so nice. They're so friendly. They're funny. They're great. And I went with Max, who was hosting a cooking demonstration. He cooked a recipe from his new book, You Can Cook This. There was lots of yoga. You can do wild swimming, foraging. There are workshops, lots of talks. I was actually lucky to catch some of the talk with Anna Whitehouse, who you might know as Mother Pucker. She is a journalist, author, and presenter. And since 2015, she's been working on a really important campaign called Flex Appeal. Flex Appeal is all about flexible working. Anna used to work at L'Oreal. And when she was working there, she became pregnant. And she told her boss that she would like to arrive 15 minutes early every day and leave 15 minutes early every day in order to be able to pick up her child from school. This was rejected. And so she took to Instagram to share her frustrations. And that was the start of this campaign. And it was just really wonderful hearing her talk because she thinks flexibility when it comes to working is not only important for parents, but it's also important for people going through the menopause, people who are at school who have started their period or doing exams around their periods. We all need to be working in spaces where we feel as though there is flexibility for us to take time off when we need it, be it in times where we need to take care of our children or young people that we look after, or if we're going through huge hormonal shifts that are really impacting our bodily health and our overall well-being and our mental health. It also made me think about chronic illness and she's just a brilliant speaker. And if you're someone who is perhaps thinking about maternity leave or paternity leave, or you're going through something that means you need more flexibility when it comes to your working hours, I would really recommend checking out Anna's work and also the Flex Appeal campaign. One of the activities that I took part in while I was at the festival was cold water therapy. Now, I take cold showers nearly every morning unless I have severe period pains, which means that the cold showers would kind of make them worse. Generally speaking, as soon as I wake up in the morning, I have a cold shower. So I'm someone who likes cold water. I'm always willing to swim in the sea, even if it's cold. I'm absolutely fine with cold water. Do not mind it at all. In fact, really enjoy it but I had never before been in an actual ice bath. So Max and I signed up to a breathwork and ice bath with someone called Anna Marie Goff. This ice bath was a tank and it was five degrees, so fairly cold. 
I was definitely feeling lots of resistance towards taking part. I think I was on about day 27 of my cycle, which is usually when I'm at my most resistant and just kind of wanting to turn inwards. But the reason why I think I was able to do it was because Anna took us all through a Wim Hof style set of breathing practices before we all got in the ice baths, which really kind of energize your body. Um, So much so that my hands were tingling. And by the time I got in the ice bath, I mean, firstly, it was exceptionally cold, definitely the coldest water I've ever been in. But something really surprising happened. I felt really safe when I was in the water. I felt absolutely fine. But I was crying and bawling my eyes out. Now, this might have been due to the fact that I was very close to my period. But I think it was also just my body wanting to release and let go of, you know, a few things that had perhaps been on my shoulders. I think you guys know the kind of things that I'm I'm thinking about because I've been talking to, the, to you about them over the past few voice note episodes. But I managed to stay in the tank of five degree water for two whole minutes, which I was really pleased about. And then I got out of the water and made sure that I just stayed warm for the next 10 minutes. And I felt great. It it was a really wonderful way to set me up for the day. And I really enjoyed the experience. And it really did feel like I released and let go. So I really, really enjoyed the breath work and ice bath. I'm someone who has definitely kind of moved away from wellness over the past couple of years. There's a lot about the industry which I have had to think really critically about and think about how I have participated in it and promoted elements of it. And yeah, I just have generally speaking, like I really have moved away from wellness in general because there's a lot about it that I think is unwell. And to learn more about this, please do listen to my episode with Rena Raphael. And I would also really recommend the book Real Self-Care by Dr. Pooja Lakshman. This will all be linked in the show notes. Another resource that I have found really helpful, specifically in my unlearning of diet culture, is a podcast called Maintenance Phase. This is a podcast hosted by writers Michael Hobbs and Aubrey Gordon, and they basically spend each episode debunking the science behind specific health and wellness fads, and they go into celebrity diets and celebrity diet books, and it is honestly just a brilliant, brilliant podcast. If you're new to maintenance phase, I would really recommend going back right to the beginning and listening through. I have found it a really enjoyable and entertaining listen. And I also feel like I'm learning a lot as well. But yeah, I've definitely moved away from wellness. However, breath work and cold water therapy are two things that have been very powerful for me over the years that I have tried them. And they're free which is great. When wellness has a high price tag, I think that's when we need to be especially discerning. 
But these are two things that I have personally had great experience with. And like I say, with the cold water therapy, you know, I'm having cold showers every day. So they really are a part of my life. They're a part of my routine. And I know a lot of people talk about all these fancy herbs you can take to take you to a different place and help you deal with trauma in faraway lands often appropriating cultures. (laughs) I'm thinking specifically about ayahuasca. Obviously, I'm sure there are ethical ways to participate in ayahuasca, but it's not something I've taken or really want to. And that is because I love being in control. And I have found that doing breath work, especially with qualified professionals who can guide you through it, can be really, really powerful. And if you are someone who loves to be in control, like I do, One of the reasons why it appeals so much to me is because I'm able to feel control because I know it's just my breath and I am the one controlling it. My small moment highlight of this past week was definitely the walk that Max and I took through the Law Rennie Forest in Pembrokeshire on Saturday morning. It was just so beautiful and We were in the trees with incredible views and it was just us two. It felt very, very quiet. It's just by the festival, really. So it was so lovely that we could go and do that. And I saw a tiny little vole, which was so lovely. And I think I might have seen a kingfisher. I saw a really small, bright blue bird fly very quickly next to the water. I think that's a kingfisher. I just Googled Kingfisher, Law, Rennie, Pembrokeshire, and nothing came up. But I'm going to let myself believe that it was a Kingfisher because I think they're really incredible and beautiful. Bird watching is definitely going to be the activity I think I want to take up in my adult life. My recipe highlight from this week. Now, I had an aubergine that had seen better days. The skin looked a bit saggy. So I decided to put it in the oven and bake it. So I sliced it up covered it in olive oil, salt, pepper, baked it in the oven for 25 minutes, took it out of the oven and then using a fork, I mixed it with tahini. Note on the tahini, if you can source al-nakil tahini, that is the best. Belazu or belazu is also good. So yeah, I mix the aubergine with tahini, lemon, more pepper, smoked paprika and I had it on some toast You really need the crunch of the toast because the aubergine tahini mix is quite smooth. I put some toasted pumpkin seeds on top for extra crunch. And then I had some roasted tomatoes on the side with some spinach. And it was just delicious. And if you have tahini, which is kind of reaching its end and it's um, no longer drizzleable, just mix it with some water. You can also do that with nut butter if you want drizzly nut butter. Mix it with some warm water or some milk and it'll be more drizzly. Tip of the day. Podcast wise, I loved Annie Mack's interview with Emma Gannon on the podcast Changes. Annie interviews Emma about her new book, The Success Myth, and how more success and validation didn't actually make Emma any happier She suffered from burnout and since then Emma has really learnt to appreciate the small things that make her happy and she's also figured out what true rest means to her. TV wise I watched about 90 seconds 
of Love Island. And I was really happy to see eBay have taken over Just Eat as the main sponsor. So last year, they were the fashion sponsor of the show, which was great. This year, they are still doing that. And then they are occupying the main advert space, which is awesome. I have decided that I'm not going to commit to watching Love Island this year. I think watching I Kissed a Boy on BBC iPlayer, which is my favourite reality show of 2023, easily, by far. I mean, maybe even ever. I loved it so much. It's really switched my perspective. And the very kind of brief minute or so of Love Island that I watched just felt very tired. And I don't feel like I need to watch it this year. I'm happy with that decision. If you're someone who is watching Love Island this year, go for it absolutely no shame. I'm not here to shame anyone about the kind of TV that they watch. I am not in a position to do that. My viewing recommendation this week is Love Lizzo. It is a documentary about the superstar that is Lizzo. It's available on BBC iPlayer and it details the 10-year music journey that began for Lizzo in Detroit at a church and has led to her selling out arenas across the world. This is really, really great viewing. It's an hour and a half, so it is feature film length. Lizzo is just so lovable. Her success is astonishing. Lizzo's mere existence is politicized, whether she wants it to be or not. And it's really inspiring the way she brings people up with her. And I just love her. It's really hard not to love her. And I really enjoyed this documentary. Highly recommend Love Lizzo on BBC iPlayer. Speaking of the BBC, I can't believe I'm saying this, but I am really excited to say that I've been working on a documentary for BBC Radio 4 over the past few months. And it's out now. It's called The Fast Furniture Fix. In it, I explore how the ways we produce, consume and value furniture have transformed over recent decades and the nuanced reasons we turn to fast options out of both choice and necessity from the influence of social media to the housing crisis. You can listen live with The Nation and my mum at 11am on Wednesday the 14th of June or you can listen anytime on BBC iPlayer. I was inspired by one of your emails to talk about loneliness and friendship in this episode and by complete coincidence it is actually International Loneliness Awareness Week the week this podcast comes out so between the 12th and 18th of June 2023 and this is a campaign being run by Marmalade Trust to raise awareness about loneliness across the UK and beyond and to get people talking about it. So I'm now going to read this email. Let's get into it. I think I'm the loneliest I've ever felt. I'm 31, happily married and have a very successful career. However, I can't help but long for the friendship intimacy I had before my core friends had children. 
I moved to a small town two years ago. When I try to make new friends, often the emphasis is on having children to meet new people via baby clubs and toddler classes. If my husband and I have the privilege to do so, we would like to have children. But before we do, I want to enjoy child-free time and I'm struggling to find people, aside from my husband, who I can do this with. I've tried the Googled advice of going to new local clubs and I'm continuing to put myself out there to meet women, but the emphasis seems to be on motherhood and that leaves me feeling left out. It comes across that others don't have this issue and social media definitely has a part to play in this. I've not openly discussed this with my friends. How can you tell friends that you're feeling lonely and disconnected without upsetting them? I've also reflected on how I might be feeling like this because I'm not actually utilizing the time I do have that well because I'm getting caught up with the online world of social media, news, YouTube, etc. It can't just be me feeling like this. Firstly, I want to say a huge thank you for this email and for your vulnerability. It is absolutely not just you. I certainly feel lonely at times, whether I am by myself and I do spend a bit of time by myself. You know, I work for myself. I work from home a lot of the time. Me and my husband are often working away from each other. I've moved out of London, so I'm no longer, you know, surrounded by friends all the time etc. So I definitely do spend a lot of time alone, but I can also feel lonely when I'm with people, which is almost harder. And I would say that this is definitely exacerbated by social media, at least for me. Before I share a few more of my thoughts, I really wanted to reach out to my friend Becca Dudley, who has spoken really openly about her experience of loneliness and how it has made her feel. And I sent her a voice note and she very kindly sent one back. And I just thought that her insights and advice were so helpful that I asked if I could share them with you. And she very kindly granted me that permission. So here is my friend Becca talking about loneliness and I hope you enjoy. This podcast episode sounds great and I'm glad that you're talking about it. I mean, yeah, I definitely have loads to say on this. So I actually just did an interview the other day with a charity who are just trying to, well, it's actually, it's not even a charity. It's like a governmental scheme of just trying to like end loneliness or like reduce loneliness in, in young people. And they they do have some like crazy stats for people who are in their 20s and 30s it was like a quite a staggering amount of lonely people (laughs) people people, it was something like one in five 23 to 30 something year olds feel lonely all the time I think for me like 20s was super fun and social and hectic and everyone was going out all the time and it's just yeah it was definitely like my most social time of my life and then you know everyone partners up settles down moves away and everyone's priorities change and so I've just found that like most of my friends in in our 30s just like kind of want to hang less and talk less which is totally fine obviously everyone at that that's just the way life goes um 
And so for me, it's like having that, but then also living alone and not having a partner and not having any work colleagues and then working from home a lot. Like that's just a lot of contributing factors. So I think like my advice for anyone who's in a similar position is to be proactive about it, not hide away at home and be down about it and miserable about it and just be like oh no one wants to be my friend and I'm alone like trust I've tried that doesn't help makes everything worse I feel like it's all about reaching out to people asking people to go for coffees calling people on the phone scheduling things so that you have it in the diary it's it's something to and something to look forward to I think is really important if you're in a period where you are feeling super lonely to locate like a person or a setting where you feel really safe. Like last year I I was really struggling and I went and stayed with my parents for a little while and that home comfort really made a big difference, sorted me out. I do try and make new friends now, definitely. I think, you know, I got into that thing of being in a relationship for years and just, you know, becoming a little bit more distant with my mates. So I feel like I had a lot of rebuilding to do. I actually like dm people that i think i might vibe with and just ask them to go for coffee um i don't think that's necessarily easy for everybody but i think people can do their own version of that whether it's grabbing a coffee with a colleague at work and and just trying to build a relationship there i do think it's harder to make friends in your 30s but I think it's harder but I don't think it's impossible and I do think that if you put in the effort with people it's always going to come back around and these things you do have to put in effort and nurture and yeah you get what you give I suppose. Of the advice I would say I definitely think we need to just talk about it more openly and even if you're just like telling a friend or a family member someone that you can really trust because it does really release like that that traps negative energy that you kind of kept inside and it just lightens the load a little bit and I think people will be surprised as to how many others can can relate to that feeling of loneliness I mean I'm not suggesting that everybody posts about it on Instagram (laughs) but but when I did it was surprising how many people reached out to me on DMs, but also in real life, like I would meet with people and they'd be like, by the way, thank you so much for posting that because you described something that I've been feeling that I just couldn't put into words and I felt ashamed to say out loud. And it was like crazy to see somebody else who looks like they're having the best time share that. So there's just a weird amount of shame and there's just a lot of stigma around loneliness other advice I would say is like taking time to spoil yourself and love yourself and date yourself and really like making the most of that alone time and again it's like it doesn't actually loneliness doesn't mean that you're alone all the time but if it is the case that you're spending a lot of time by yourself it's like okay how can I make the most of that I just like to spoil myself and do things that I know I love If you can be happy and confident in your own company, that is key, key in life. As I said, obviously, you don't have to be in a fucking room by yourself to feel lonely. You can be surrounded by people and still feel it. And I've definitely had that before.
I hope that's helpful and I will answer any other questions that you may have. Love you. This is a fucking podcast in itself, Jesus. I was really inspired by that message from Becca and it actually came to me at a really great time because the other evening I got lost in a bit of a TikTok hole and I was by myself because Max is in Germany at the moment and I thought right tomorrow night I'm gonna take an early offline 48 which is the practice whereby I come off social media and try and spend less time on my phone and I'm gonna have an evening to myself and really enjoy this time that I have to myself because so often I feel like I crave this time that I have by myself but I don't appreciate it when I do have it so this actually happened last night I decided to delete my Instagram and TikTok apps just a heads up that means that all your drafts are deleted if you're if you're a creator and um, you have drafts saved heads up Um, and I packed a little bag. I packed a a rug. I packed my dinner. I packed a big bottle of water and I took myself on a walk and then found a nice place to eat my dinner and just sat and ate and had a great time. Honestly, it was really, really lovely. And, you know, I definitely think you can fill these times with calls. And I actually did have a call with a friend as well yesterday evening, which was really nice. But this thing of kind of setting aside time to purposefully enjoy time by yourself. And then also, you know, reaching out to friends and saying, hey, you're available to chat. I found it really, really helpful. And I didn't feel lonely at all last night. And I really felt like I was enjoying the time I did have by myself. And like Becca mentioned, it is really important to learn how to be okay in your own company. And this is something that I am constantly working on because I am very, very hard on myself. I really liked and appreciated what Becca said about actively reaching out to people to try and make new friends. And at this point, I would love to share another voice note from one of my friends, Lottie Murphy. Lottie is really good at making new friends and meeting new people. And I sent her a voice note to ask if she could tell us a little bit about some of the friends that she's made over the past couple of years and how she made them. She also kindly gave me permission to share this voice note. So here is Lottie on making friends in your 30s. Hey, ah, oh, that's such a nice episode topic. It's definitely like a confidence thing, isn't it? Being open to like starting conversations and just being vulnerable from the get-go because people have their barriers up a lot, especially the older you get. I am so grateful that I now have local friends and I think that's about talking to the people in your community. So obviously with Emma, I was going, I joined the run club and we just started chatting on a run on the run club and really hit it off. Caroline, I just started talking to her in the bookshop and she lived locally. And with Amina, I knew she was local and we went for a wine. And I would say it's almost like dating. It felt, especially with Caroline and Amina, those like first few times we met up, 
it honestly felt like I was dating somebody. It was really exciting. I wanted to wear like really cool outfit. We went for a wine, got a bit tipsy and you start like oversharing. And then the next day you're like, oh my God, what did I tell her? Um, But it felt really exciting as if I was like dating somebody new. That was just really fun to kind of look at it like that. But I would say like community stuff, so like stuff in your area, run club, book club, look at the notice boards of stuff that's on. Like you'll be so surprised with how much it's going on in your community. Like you go to your cafe and there'll be like a notice board for like a poetry club or honestly, I was in my cafe yesterday and there was a harmonica club. (laughs) So like just go to really random things um, and you'll meet really great people. And then the other tip is like, imagine you're dating them. I really hope you enjoyed listening to that as much as I did. I love the idea of treating making new friends as if you're dating somebody. And at this point, I would really like to recommend the Bumble BFF app as an option for someone who might be struggling to meet people locally. I think this could be worth checking out. And personally speaking, I've been thinking a lot over the past year about how I have internalized this idea that friendships are supposed to last a lifetime. And I'm in the process of unlearning this because circumstances and people change. And sometimes this means that friendships grow together, which is incredible, but other times they don't. And I think we should be more open to letting some friendships go if they seem to be fading naturally, rather than holding on to something that feels as though it's preventing us from growing and meeting new people and putting ourselves out there to have new experiences. I definitely think that friendships are just as important as our romantic relationships. They can really sustain us in times of need and grief and huge transition. So I really understand that This person who emailed wants to make new friends and you absolutely deserve them. You deserve beautiful, fulfilling friendships. I've made quite a few new friends over the past few years and they came to me honestly completely unexpectedly. But when I do meet someone I want to be friends with, I really do take the time to try and grow and nourish that friendship. And it does take time, you know, these things really do take time, especially friendships that are going to be long lasting. You really want to be constantly nurturing them. To go back to Lottie's point, I think finding local clubs and activities that are based around the things that you love is a great way to meet people. So if you're someone who loves cycling, maybe there's a local cycling class or a pottery making class. I have made some great friends through my organizing work. And I think that's because we are instantly aligned because we are all really passionate about garment maker rights and the clothing industry. So that has been extremely nourishing for me to meet this group of women that I instantly feel connected with. I do think things like organizing and, you know, perhaps starting to work with a local environmental group, that kind of work does really bond you. And I'm always going to encourage folks to to get involved in a, in a local organizing or campaign group that is about, you know, social or climate justice, especially in the current climate that we're in. I want to end this episode 
on something I think about quite a lot. And it's based on the fact that some of my very best friends in the world, like Lottie and like Becca, really did come to me at completely unexpected times. Becca, I met at MTV when I started working there. And I never expected to leave a workplace with a best friend who I've now been friends with for maybe over 10 years. And she was always one of my new friends. And now we've been friends for a decade. And Lottie actually DM'd me on Instagram. And I never thought that I would meet a best friend through Instagram. But this is all to say, you might not have met your best friend yet. And how amazing is that? Thank you so much for listening to this episode. Please do make sure that you're following the show if you're new to all the small things. And remember, you can email us at atstpod at gmail.com. And I'll be back next week with a brand new voice note. Have a wonderful day and I'll see you soon. Bye. So, you've got an idea for a business, the store of your dreams. There's just one thing to figure out, everything. That's why Shopify's all-in-one commerce platform makes it easy to sell online, in person, and everywhere else. Sell on social media, source products with an app to get that first sale feeling. It's the only solution that gives you everything you need to sell everywhere you want. So when you're ready to bring your idea to life, power it up with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. 